Planet Pod, essential listening for everyone who cares about the planet. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Planet Pod coming from COP26 in Glasgow in partnership with the University of Strathclyde and the COP26 Universities Network. I'm Amanda Carpenter and today I've been talking to students about activism. Greta Thunberg is in town, everybody's incredibly excited. Um, There are lots of students on their hands and knees making posters and placards out of cardboard and poster paint and I've been out and about having a chat with some students on the eve of the climate strike. This recording, this podcast goes out on Friday, the 5th of November, and the strike will be in full flow probably by the time you hear it. So I will be out on the streets on Friday chatting to students and seeing if I can get a little bit more uh, insider information as to why they feel activism is so important. But for now, just sit back and listen to some of the voices of young people. I think they're truly inspiring and I hope you enjoy it. I've made it into Strathclyde Union um, building, which is, I have to say, a very beautiful building. And I'm standing up here on about the fourth floor, chatting to a group of students who are busy um, with um, paint and cardboard and generally lots and lots of plastic on the floor, making banners for the student strike, climate strike action tomorrow. And I'm very pleased to be joined by Lewis, Rory and Ben who are, um, in reverse order, President, VP Community and VP Welfare for the Union. So thanks so much for joining me, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dr. I mean, maybe I could start with you, Ben. Um, can I ask you, firstly, how you got into sort of student... Because I'm, I'm assuming being part of the Union is student politics with a small yeah. p. What got you into that? Because so many of um, the conversations one hears these days are that students are not engaged and a bit apathetic and aren't prepared to do things. So why, why did you run for and stand as president? So I'm currently studying a politics and international relations degree. Um, so I'm very interested in politics, perhaps go against the, the grain a little bit and was involved in political organisations before um, coming to university, things like the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, which was sort of my route into climate activism and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I got switched on very early my first couple of weeks at Strathclyde. I was straight into the union uh, and getting involved with sorts of clubs and societies and our democratic structures. Fantastic. And is this a union uh, where you actually get a year out of uh, study in order to be president? Uh, Yes. So I've taken uh, a year of leave. In fact, this is my second year of leave because last year I was the vice president of welfare, which Lewis is now in the place of. Um, But yes, my second year at my studies and I'll be going back to my honours year next year. Fantastic. And how about you, Rory? I mean, it's a VP community. That could cover all sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. It is quite a wide ranging role. Um, So... As part of my role, I look after all our clubs and societies, uh, all our volunteering uh, and everything that comes with that, as well as the sustainability aspects of everything that we do. Oh, so sustainability is coming under you, under community? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been um, taking part in organising the action group here, as well as um, getting students together for protests and also working with the university to try and make sure that the campus and all their activities are as sustainable as they can be and work towards their net zero targets. It certainly seems walking around this building that there's quite a high um, focus on sustainability. There's a, you know, there's a zero waste store downstairs, there's lots of recycling. Do you think that spreads across the whole university? Um, I think it does to an extent. Obviously in the union we're very strong on the, on the, you know, the idea of sustainability and it's one of our core purposes. Um, with the university, I think it maybe sometimes takes a bit of convincing from the student side of things to get them. Um, but I do believe that there are threads of work there to make sure that 
the university is working in a sustainable way and hopefully that's something that we at the union can work with them to develop in the future. That's encouraging. And what about the actual Climate Action Group itself? I mean, many of whom we can see here on their hands and knees with paintbrushes. Yeah, so this is a group of uh, passionate climate activist students who over the past couple of years have sort of come together um, and it's basically a sort of hub for students to get involved in climate activism and bring all their ideas in and, and make sure that there's a visible voice uh, or an audible voice I guess uh, on campus and around the city to show that Strathclyde students do really care about this. And, and Lewis can I ask you, um, obviously uh, Glasgow plays host to the, the um, Conference for Young People. Um, we're standing actually in front of some of the remainders of the banners. Yeah. Is that something that the university was involved in as well? Yes, of course. Um, so the university, in partnership with Strath Union, did host the Conference of Youth um, just before COP kind of kicked off last week. Um, honestly, I'm not the best person to ask about this. Rue is probably the best person to ask about this, as Rue was a delegate and helped the union and the university organise to um, arrange that. So... I can't say that I'm the best. How did it go, Ruth? It went really well. Um, so we hosted some of the events, the university hosted some of the rest, but there was just a big hive of activity and people, I think 400 delegates from over 100 countries all around the world came to listen to speakers and take part in talks and workshops and everything. Um, it was a really exciting time to have here. And do you feel any of the agenda that was discussed at that event made its way through to, to the main COP just, just over there by the river? Um, I think it will. I think it sort of set out a clear line from, from students or from young people in general. Um, you know, they've, uh, there was a decisions made and things talked about, themes that will be carried over into the main event. Um, and obviously with the voice of young people being something that's very, very visible at the moment with all sorts of young activists from all around the world, um, I think the youth voice is something that um, the politicians should listen to and... I think ideally they will and if they do it'll make sure that it's a successful COP. And Lewis do you think that um, do you think COP's doing what it's set out to do? What are your feelings about it? We're nearly at the end of the first week. How are you feeling that it's gone and what, what, what sorts of things are you hearing? I think COP definitely has its positives and negatives. Um, obviously there's been quite a lot of disruption to the daily life of people living in Glasgow, especially students. Um, students are kind of having trouble getting on campus. Students are um, kind of some of their classes have been disrupted from this but it also presents a number of opportunities for unique opportunities for the young people of Glasgow to really have their voices heard you know it's one thing to have a protest on the other side of the world it's another thing to have a protest when the decision makers are sitting next door um, and I think that if we can focus more on these positives of COP and the opportunities that it does present I think that we can take the initiative and really make a difference. And what are your hopes for the for the student strike, for the student protest? I definitely think it's going to have a really high turnout. Based on what we've been hearing within the union, people are very, very keen. Um, as kind of climate activism has grown in the last couple of years, um, students have become more and more engaged and more and more willing to dedicate their time to trying to make effective change. And as a goal for the student protest and a goal for young people, I think my understanding of it is that young people are fed up of talk and it's time for action. Yeah. And, I mean, your responsibility uh, encompass welfare, mm -hmm. obviously. So are you sensing there's climate anxiety amongst the students you talk to? Is there a sense of general, oh, gosh, this is all on my shoulders and why should I have to be managing this? Is one more thing to worry about on top of student debt and the impact of COVID on teaching? 
yeah, I think students have a lot to go through at the moment and they have a lot on their plate. Um, and yeah, climate change and kind of climate catastrophe is definitely one of them. There's um, papers have, academic papers have come out that have cited climate dread as a symptom um, that young people are experiencing and it's negatively impacting their me mental health. And even if students don't explicitly identify that that's something that's impacting them, it definitely isn't helping. And Ben, what, what would you hope would come out of COP? Because it has, as, you know, as we've been hearing, quite a disruption in the city, a disruption in students' lives. What are your hopes for the, for, for the end of the conference? What do you want to see happening? Well, I think my sort of hopes for COP is that I think a lot of promises are going to be made at COP, but I think what we then need to see is that those governments around the world that have came to those agreements and made those promises actually action on them. Like we had, we had the Paris Agreement, the Paris Agreement was a massive step forward, but then we had leaders like Donald Trump who took the US out of the Paris Agreement and set us back four years. Um, and like when you have an international leader like the US, you can't really afford to do that. Um, so I, I really want them to come to agreements that are going to be impactful and then actually go home and action their agreements. Um, and countries like the UK need to take the lead on that because ultimately we have much stronger economies and we have much more economic power to make change and support countries around the world to do so as well. And um, we're standing here amongst you know very engaged, very um, articulate and committed students, and I'm about to go and chat to some of them. Um, but what difference do you think student voices actually make? I mean, because it's very easy for, 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 for you to be fobbed off, isn't it, for politicians and policymakers to say, yes, 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 we're listening, and then not actually allow you into the conference hall to inflect, impact what's going on? I, I think students are incredibly impactful, and I, I think politicians... Um, you know, to take a cynical view, politicians are making sure that they're going to be there and be elected in the next four years. And students are the voters of the future um, and more students are voting than ever before. So uh, I really do think politicians are starting to take on board our views, but also I think they don't really have a choice because if they don't take on our views, there isn't going to be a world for them to get elected in. Um, so they need to do it and they need to take action now. Well, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's protest. And thank you, um, Lewis, Rory and Ben, for spending some time with me. Absolutely. Great to meet you. So I've come outside the green zone and it's a little bit chilly, but it's a nice clear day. And I'm here with um, two young women who I think would describe themselves as activists. So, so could I ask you just to tell us who you are and why you're here? So I'm Lizzie. Um, I'm a medical student and I'm here with Global Health um, for our climate change group. Uh, and I'm Mehejabeen and I'm a medical student and I'm also here with Students for Global Health. And are you students in Glasgow? Uh, no, I study down in London. And I study in Cardiff, but um, we are a network of students, so we uh, all come from all over the UK. Okay, so you've taken time out of what I imagine is a very busy and hectic student life as medical students to come all the way up to Glasgow, to come to COP, to be in the green zone. So why have you come and what is it you're trying to achieve? Um, so we very strongly believe that climate justice is health justice. They're very intrinsically linked and one issue can't be tackled without the other. There's a lot of inequality in the health field and the climate crisis is exacerbating these inequalities and affecting people very disproportionately. Um, the people who are contributing the least are the most impacted here and they're really seeing it in, in their lives, in their health. And what sort of 
how does it manifest itself? What sort of things are we seeing in those populations? And I assume you're talking possibly more about the global south than, 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 than perhaps here in Glasgow, but that I'm sure it affects people in Glasgow as well. Uh, of course. So um, in terms of all aspects of health, so from cardiovascular health, so from heart attacks, strokes, um, which increase as heat increases, so you see it during heat waves, etc., um, with the rise of natural disasters, um, you see lots of health outcomes coming out of that. The spread of infections, um, of course, with mental health, across health outcomes, there's impacts all over. And yes, at the moment, people in the global south who are at the front lines of climate change are feeling it most. But with global temperatures rising, it's very much spreading across the world. So, for example... Uh, mosquitoes are traveling and taking dengue with them. And, and as, a, as a medical student in the UK, what's prompted you to, to, to want to take really quite positive action and take time of, out of your studies and, and come here and, and presumably also protest, but come here to share your experience and your views? What's, what's prompted you to do that? So I guess it's a mixture of things. Um, one of the reasons I got involved with the movement, first of all, just the, the climate movement in general, is that I came into medicine because I wanted to help people and I don't think I can do that without tackling climate crisis. It's going to cause so much suffering that um, we have a duty in a way as uh, medical students to be looking at this topic. Um, I think the reason I'm up in COP, even though I've got a busy schedule, um, this COP26 is uh, so important that it can't wait. Um, so the latest IPCC report branded it as a red code for humanity. So it's either act now or never. So um, it I, I don't think we can wait much longer. Um, and I think as well, we're in a really lucky position as medical students and from the health community in general that um, our voices are really powerful in this debate. Um, it's important that healthcare isn't exempt from um, looking at um, looking at sort of climate action. Um, and also uh, there's several statistics to show that sort of nurses and doctors are among the most trusted professions. So um, our voices are really powerful and we have a duty to um, use that responsibility. And do you think the medical profession as a, as a whole is is in getting engaged in the debate? Or do you think, as with so many of the conversations that we see, that actually it's young people who are stirring up, who are you know, having to start the rest of us, who are having to lead the rest of us in action? Or do you feel that your other medical colleagues and perhaps more senior doctors are also concerned and taking action around this area? I think... Looking at it positively, there's so much energy, um, a lot from the youth, but um, from all areas within healthcare. So there's definitely momentum for change and lots of ideas. I think um, it's a tricky environment to make change in, um, especially with COVID. There's so much stress um, on the healthcare systems, um, both in the UK, but globally. And so I think in order to um, make a transition, we need... Um, we need support from external organisations and particularly we need governmental support to help us um, build back better, build back greener. So one of the things that Students for Global Health, we're re involved in the Health for a Green New Deal campaign, which is about promoting for a just recovery um, from COVID, promoting green jobs um, and really developing strategies that will um, bring everybody together as we tackle climate crisis um, and nobody's left out. So we're talking about health and climate on quite a macro scale here, aren't we? And, and you know, certainly we talk about infectious disease. And, and um, I'm aware that a lot of, you know, infectious disease actually comes across, jumps the species barrier, like Ebola, for example. So our general custodianship of the planet is part of the reason that we're in, you know, some part of the health crisis that we're in as well at the moment, isn't it? Uh, yes, we definitely have a responsibility to... 
the natural environment to the biodiversity and all the different species out there. And it does impact in our human health, even across the food chain and elsewhere. I think um, health is health, so human health is very linked to animal health as well. I mean, and obviously, I mean, we are going, we, we, we see a lot of climate activists. I mean, Greta isn't the only one, it's one everybody talks about, but she is just one of hundreds of thousands of young climate activists across the world. Um, so as activists, will you, be, will you be taking part in any demonstrations or marches while you're here? And what are you calling for as you, as you march together with, as young, with young people? Uh, yeah, so we'll be at the Fridays for Future march tomorrow. Um, I think Greta will be there. Uh, I think so too. Yeah. Um, and I think we're just calling for action because there have been, like even in COP26, they've made pledges, they've been saying all these words, but it seems to be rhetoric and we're not seeing the action and it is. It's, it's become, it's, we're at this point where we still have an opportunity to act um, and people are losing their lives every day to climate change. And it's only going to get worse unless we see some real action. Um, People make pledges, but we're not seeing solid plans. So we need more and we need it fast. And we're also seeing a lot of hypocrisy. So, for example, um, there's still a lot of subsidies being provided to the fossil fuel industries, and that needs to be stopped. We need to keep keep oil in the ground, keep coal in the ground. But um, there's still plans for new oil rigs and new coal mines to be built. So... Yeah, and part of your, I mean, part of your great stand-up here at COP is you've also got something about the, the stopping the Cambo oil field, which I know isn't directly related to your campaign, but some of you are involved in that as well, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a campaign that we're really keen to support. Um, so just in case anyone didn't know, uh, Cambo is a, a oil rig which the government are hoping to open just off the coast of Scotland. Um, it's going to be the equivalent to, I think, about 18 new power stations each year and is running till 2050. Um, and every report is saying we need to cut down on fossil fuels, let alone starting new um, projects. Um, it's also complete hypocrisy if we are um, supposed to be leaders of climate action and we're hosting COP26 we can't be then promoting um, new schemes like this so we are calling for um, the government to stop Cambo um, and send out a clear message that we won't, won't be continuing with any new fossil fuel projects. Well I hope they're listening to this podcast because it couldn't come out louder and clearer thank you both so much for taking time out and really good luck with the protests and it's been fantastic to meet you. Thank Great. you so thank much. Thank you I hope you enjoy Glasgow. <laughs> Hi, sorry. I can see you're down here with um, paint and paintbrushes. Can I ask you what you're doing and why you're doing it? Yeah, sure. So I actually work for a charity called Reboot the Future. Um, We're all about helping people to treat other people and the planet as they would wish to be treated. It's about creating a more compassionate and sustainable future. Um, And so one thing that was so important to us as young people, because obviously the future is being left to them they're inheriting this world that's at the moment has not been treated very well and not been treated you know in the way that we think it should have been Um, and so we want to amplify amplify their voices support them and make sure that they're heard Um, so a lot of what we do is kind of getting their voices online on social media and and kind of using our connections with uh, other organizations and companies like um, Marks and Spencer and Unilever to kind of uh, get their voices out there um, so that young climate campaigners and activists um, and the reason why we want to join the march tomorrow, um, which is the Fridays for Future March, for, it's a strike um, for young people. It's also not just for young people, but anyone that wants to strike for the climate. Um, and we just want to be out there and helping to amplify that and making sure that their voices are heard by the people that are making the decisions. And are you hopeful that a lot of young people are going to turn out at the climate strike? 
yeah, I'm helpful, hopeful. I'm, I'm pretty sure they will, um, just based on um, what people are saying online and um, kind of the huge response to the climate strikes back in 2019, pre-pandemic, if we can, everyone can remember back then. Um, the power and the hope that was generated by the strikes was just so powerful, and I think people are ready and keen for, for that to continue. Thanks. It's great to hear, and I love your posters. Planet Pod is brought to you by Akil Management. My thanks to our producer, Jim Haywood, and our researcher, Beth Palmer. And to you, our listeners. Without you, we'd be very lonely. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at planet underscore pod, or visit our website. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you with ideas for future programmes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>